Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Dear the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So I want to start by sharing with you a beautiful story that really illustrates the love that Christ speaks about in this passage. So there was a priest that would typically pray liturgy in the morning and then he would leave the church and go into the village and would serve everybody in the village. And so he would pass by the same route every day. He'd leave the church, go down this alley, and head to the same direction into the village to serve everyone. And as he would pass by, a man that would uh, reside at the top of this building, at the top floor, would always go out to the balcony and would start to curse this priest as he was walking by. They'd curse at him and throw stuff at him, and the priest would just walk by and he'd just look at him and do this. Right? He'd walk by every morning, the guy up in the top floor would curse at him and throw stuff at him, and the priest would just every day walk by and just do this. And then finally, the guy at the top floor was just like, okay, I'm, I'm sick of this priest and his patience, and this is getting really frustrating, right? And so finally he breaks. He says, listen, you old priest, every day you walk by this same path, and I'm cursing at you, I'm throwing stuff at you, and all you do is just you look up and you bless me with the cross. He says, I'm not blessing you with the cross. I'm saying, if you come down, I'll finish you. <laughs> It's a funny little story, but it does remind us that responding with love is hard. Responding with love is difficult because we have weaknesses, we all have struggles, and we have a little bit of pride that you know, fights against us, and we're, we're offended, we're insulted. We don't always want to respond with love and forgiveness and patience. A lot of times we want to fight back. Right? And so we have to recognize that this path that Christ calls us to walk, to love our enemies, to do good to those who curse us, and to pray for them, is really not the path for any ordinary human being. That divine love is impossible for a human being. That divine love is only possible for God Himself. It's only Christ on the cross who looked at his persecutors, the ones who crucified him, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? It's, it's only Christ, only God himself, who has the capacity to love and to shine that light in the darkness. And so for us to accomplish what Christ is calling us to do today, it's really nothing more than opening our hearts for Christ to work in us. And for him to do the impossible, for him to love our persecutors, for him to pray for those who abuse us, for him to forgive everyone who has offended us. Because it, it's not a regular person who can, can accomplish what Christ is calling us to do. If you remember in the sayings of the Desert Fathers, it was said of Allah Makarius that he became like God upon the earth. Right? He became God upon the earth. Why is it that he was considered like God upon the earth because he would cover the sins of his brothers. Because he covered the sins of his brethren, 
everyone recognized that this is like God walking upon the earth. Right? This is a divine quality. Because only God can love, can forgive, can cover the sins of his enemies and his persecutors. And so we have to remember, for us to do what Christ is calling us to do, it's, it's a lot simpler than, than we think. It's really nothing more than opening our hearts and inviting Christ to enter and to tell, Lord, I can't, but you can. I can't forgive this person, but you can. I can't turn the other cheek, but you can. I can't forget about what I lent to somebody and I, I, like, I really want it back at this time. He said, no, if, if you were able to give without expecting anything to return, then you can do that in my life as well. There's a beautiful story from the life of uh, St. Bishoy Kamen. There was a family that had a little altercation. The husband and the wife were, were arguing and, and it got really heated to the extent that you know, it was getting abusive. And so the mother told her son, go to the church and fetch Abuna Bishoy Kamen. So the, the son ran, got Abuna, Abuna came back and he walks in and he sees this this guy, the husband, is just screaming at his wife. Right? He's shouting, he's screaming. Abuna Pshoi walks in and he sees this and he's like, you know, I'm here, like, what's going on? Just let's take a deep breath. Like, try to settle everything down. And then the guy gets more infuriated by this. And he just storms out and he says, I'm done with this. Everybody's getting this priest and pinning him against me. And like, all of you are accusing me and attacking me. And he just gets defensive and bolts out. And so Abuna Pshoi Kamel just walks down and chases after him. So the guy's like, no, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. And he starts to run down the street. And Abuna Pshoi is like, okay. <laughs> so he pulls up his galabaya and he starts chasing after this guy. Right? And this is like, you know, it's not acceptable for uh, an older priest to do that, especially in, in Egypt in a culture where, you know, it's... it's it's a little bit embarrassing to do. And so the guy recognizes that this priest is pulling up his galabay and running after him. And he's like, you're a reputable priest. You know, everybody knows who you are. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't bother. I'm not coming back anyways. And then he just ignores what he's saying and continues to run after him. And I've experienced this myself, by the way. I remember just sitting um, in front of a, a juice shop. You know, when you get like Asir Asab in Egypt or whatever. If somebody just sees a priest sitting out there, it's kind of like, what's, what is this priest doing? It's kind of like, it's not the social norm, right? And so imagine this priest running down with his galabay up, he looks like a fool. And then finally the guy is like, well, what do you want from me? Like, you're just going to embarrass yourself for no reason. He says, my son, let's sit down. So he sat down. He said, if my Lord and Savior humbled himself and was willing to accept the disgrace of just going down to the floor to wash his disciples' feet. How can I not do the same? And he won him over by that love, just to go down to the level. He allowed himself to look foolish in front of people. Something very small, right? He could have said, I'm a priest, I have an image, I have a reputation. Why bother? This is like the guy at fault. Right? He's the one yelling, he's the one cursing, he's the one causing a scene, he's the one causing a problem. Why should I go the extra mile and chase after him? You know, let me like, preserve my dignity. 
right? And that's a big word in Arabic, karamti, right? <laughs> that's, you know, a, a very big word. And so, whenever we think about loving our enemies, doing good to those who persecute us and praying for them, it's really not this extravagant mission. It's really about the small things that we can do, like giving someone some attention, forgiving someone, giving them a little bit of our time, even when it's going to hurt a little, even whenever it might compromise our reputation. Right? And so, the, the, the path that Christ is calling us to walk is really not a path of like this impossible way that like only the monks and the priests can walk. Every single one of us can love. And every single one of us can love at any single time. There's not a time in my life that love is out of reach. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter the, the, the time of day, no matter your circumstances, no matter your location, wherever you are, there's not a single time or place in your entire life that love is out of reach. Because you can always love. You can always love, you can always do good, you can always pray, right? Regardless of where you are, regardless of the time. Right? Another person that truly embodies this in such a beautiful way is St. Pope Krolos. Remember, throughout his papacy, he went through a lot of struggles, right? A lot of people wanted to slander him, a lot of people were fabricating stories about him. And there was this newspaper that would fabricate stories about Pope Krolos on a daily basis. They just wanted to get rid of him, they didn't like him. Right? And so they would publish all of these articles in their paper every day, a lot of nonsense, a lot of just false accusations about the Pope. And people would go to the Pope and be like, look, this is what they're doing. You need to shut this down. Like, this is ruining your reputation, right? You're the Pope. You can easily go and just put your foot down and shut the whole operation down. He's like, no, this is like, you know, their life. This is their work. It's fine. We just kind of bear with it. And finally, he found out that the newspaper got shut down. And then the, the, the person who came and told him this news was rejoicing, he was celebrating. Like finally, we got justice. Okay, the newspaper, everything that they're saying is over. You know how he reacted? He was heartbroken. He said, my son, there are 200 people that work in this newspaper. 200 people just lost their job. He was worried about their occupation. He's worried about their livelihood. And so he went out of his way, calling other delegates, like people in a high position, to try to like, restore this newspaper. Right? Try to get it back up and running. The newspaper that was slandering him, that was trying to destroy his life. But to him, these people are more important than his own reputation. He's trying to get their job back. And when he, he prayed for them and tried to get their job back and nothing worked, the, the newspaper like, remained shut down. He went out of his way to find a personal work for every one of these employees. And so he found all of them different jobs. Do you imagine if we lived in this way? Do you imagine if our families lived with this love? Right? 
you know, a lot of brothers and sisters bicker at each other because, you know, a little bit of tension here and there. But imagine if everyone in the family cared about the other more than himself. If husbands and wives lived like this, if all of the servants lived like this, our whole church would be transformed, right? And with every family, with every church, that light would shine into the community and that's what will change the world. Because we're not going to change the world just by standing out in the street preaching and just shouting out our creed and what we believe. What changes the world is this love that St. Pope Krullus embodied, right? And again, it's with like the small, personal, little circumstances in our life, right? Ask yourself if there's opportunities for you to love. Like I said a little bit earlier, there's not a time or place that love is out of reach. So ask yourself, is, is there an opportunity in my life? Someone in my life? And we can always start with our family because like Mother Teresa says, love starts at home. Right? That was her motto. Love starts at home. We can start there. And if love is there, we start to move away. Like Christ said, to preach in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and the ends of the earth. Right? And we go into our church. Is someone in my church around me that I can love, right? If someone in my community that I can love, someone in my work that I can love, someone out in the street that I can love. Going back to the life of St. Peshoy Kamil, when he celebrated his first uh, Feast of Nativity, he recognized that there was a, a widow, she had two sons and her husband passed away a while ago, and um, she was just living in depression because never really recovered since she lost her husband. And so she hadn't gone to church for a long time. And so Abu Nabshoi was really sad to hear about this. So he went out of his way to visit this this lady and he said, look, um, today we're going to celebrate the Feast of Nativity and it's our custom to break our fast after the celebration. And so every time I go and, and we cook. But the problem is, Tasuni in jail is a terrible cook. <laughs> like, she's such a bad cook that she can burn water. <laughs> like, if she leaves water on the stove, like, <laughs> she's going to make a mess. So I would love to, for us to come and just break our fast with you. And then, like before, she, she's felt so much more valued after that. He said, but under one condition, you know, come and pray with us. <laughs> come pray with us. And come back to church. And then after we'll go back home and we'll have a meal together. And that was enough just to break out of this little depression. Right? A lot of times all we need is someone to just give us an encouraging word. Right? That's what love is all about. How can we love our enemies if we don't give our family and friends encouraging words? Right? How can we love our enemies if we're not loving the the friends around us here. So it starts in the church. It starts in our families. And then the rest is just kind of like on autopilot. The rest will will naturally take its course. May God give us that spirit of love. That's what will transform not only our church, but will transform the whole world. Unto Him is due all glory forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. 
and we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.